ladies and gentlemen, back yet again. Yes, it's Friday. I know you're getting ready for the weekend, but why not plug a little offside into your ears? Get the advertisements out of the way. That's right, it's Muskoka Spray Foam Insulation. They are ready to get your home spray foamed if you need them. Check out msfi.ca today and by Highland Custom Builders, your vision built custom. Kyle, how's Friday shaking down for you, brother? Well, my man, it's a it's a beautiful day, TGIF, as we all know, and uh, it is Friday. But uh, always better to be talking hockey with you, my friend. How are you doing today? You know what? It is an absolute gong show for work today. As many of you know, <laughs> I do this in the mobile studio, aka the work truck, aka on the run and gun. And uh, yeah, like you know, I messaged you and was all ready to go for uh, 11 a.m. Eastern time. Unfortunately, uh, the hammer came down from. Good old McDonald's of all places, they were out of CO2 and nobody likes flat pop, so I had to make the run and get her done quick, so now we're we're on schedule, but Fridays are, are starting to get busy, but you know what, it's a nice break for the lunch to uh, sit down and chow down on some hockey talk. Yes, sir. Well, let's get to it. Yes, for sure. Well, looking around the league, obviously we got three game sevens coming up. We did this the other day with players from Florida and just situations going on. Kyle, I'm going to rapid fire you. Who do you got, Vancouver or Vegas? Oh, man. Well, with uh, with Vegas with Vegas uh, in the air and goal, yeah, I'm going to take Vancouver. They're wheeling and dealing right now. I like them. And, uh, I mean, they're Canadian, so let's go, let's go Vancouver. <laughs> See, I, I want Vancouver to win for the Canadian factor, but here's the thing. I want Marc-Andre Fleury to win just because yeah. Vegas is toying a little bit with his emotions. Obviously, we know the uh, the impaled picture of him with a sword through his chest and his agent coming out and saying all those things and then deleting the picture and just the hoopla. I like Marc-Andre Fleury, but it seems throughout his career... He's kind of almost been a martyr. You look what happened to him at the World Juniors. You look what happened to him in Pittsburgh with the first, uh, you know, runnings of the cups and going deep and stuff. There's always those little blunders and things that happen to him. So this seems to be another one. So I'd like the flower to come out and just regain the crease power and win the game. Um, who doesn't like the Vegas Golden Knights? They've been making noise since they made the league. Um, you know, so it would be, it would be cool. And you know what? Like I said, yeah, I agree. It would be nice to see a Canadian team go on, but, you know, for some reason, I just got that Vegas feeling, buddy. I'm rolling the dice. <laughs> Getting oh, ready. Man, and you can't knock them, like you said. Eh? They, they've been around since they came in. They made a big splash, and uh, they haven't let it go. I mean, uh, kudos to them for, for finding a way to get it done. Uh, but I'm, I'm a little sour. I'm, I'm a big Flower fan, and uh, I'm a little sour on how things are going out there. And after everything... Uh, he's done for that team alone and just his play and uh, what he's given them. Uh, I mean, I, I can side with you on that. I, I would love to see him him win it just to silence those critics, but uh, I'm going to stick with the Canucks <laughs> in that series. <laughs> All right, so let's get over to uh, the next series. Obviously, uh, another Game 7. Um, there's one that's eluding me right now. I want to leave the Islanders and the, the Flyers uh, for just a moment. Um what is the other teams? Why can't I remember? Stars there? and Avalanche. There you go. See, why yeah, couldn't I? I why couldn't I remember? Nathan McKinnon, good old Cole Harbor boy, Nazem Kadri, the dream. <laughs> I was say, Nazem Kadri shoving it at Leafs Nation's face. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know what? He, he, he already said he's not, but at the same time, how do you not feel good? <laughs> on, you know now. what I mean? But at the same time, you know, if Kadri was with the Leafs, would anything have changed? Who knows? But right now, I'll ask you the question, quick fire, buddy. 
Who are you going with? You going with uh, the Dallas Stars, led by Rick Bonus, the coach from right out here in East Coast, or are you going with the Beast of the East, Nathan McKinnon, with 26 points yeah. in these playoffs? Man, I've been riding with the Avalanche. They just uh, they look they look like they're on another level right now. I'm, I'm going to say the Avalanche are going to walk out of that one that game seven. I really hope so. I really do. And now we get the last series. Obviously, we talked about this the other day, the dagger, the twisting, the sword in the heart for us, whatever you want to call it, Lou, Martin, Komarov, you know, and co. Um, Looking, the New York Islanders and the Flyers. I'm going to give a little backstory on this. Obviously, we all know what the situation is with the Islanders. I have Mm -hmm. a diehard Philly fan that I work with, an absolute diehard. And, um, you know, he likes to grind the gears a little bit. So I've said from the beginning of this series, it's no win for me. Uh, if the Flyers win, i got to listen to him. If the <laughs> Islanders win, though, all of Leafs Nation has to eat the fact that the Islanders are yet again moving on in the playoffs. So, Kyle, who you got? Man, it's a tough one. I, I, like, we spoke about it on our last episode. Uh, the Islanders keep keep wrenching that, that, that knife in there and turning it a little more, but... Uh, to be honest, I think the Islanders, are they got the momentum and they're going to walk out of that series with it, unfortunately, uh, although I don't want to see it that way. Jesus, Murphy. Well, listen, for me, I'm going to say it like this, and I, I said it to uh, Anthony Mangione, and, and Anthony, if I messed up your last name, just go ahead and smack me over Twitter. Um, he's a guy who covers the Flyers. He's a beat writer for the Flyers, uh, huge within the Flyer Nation. If you're a Flyers fan, check out all of his work. I highly recommend it. But as I said to him, you know, the Oscar Lindbaum story, you know, him beating the uh, the cancer, ringing the bell. It's a rallying cry for the Flyers. But to see him come yep. back last night and play, you know, and actually mix it up and, and get on the ice with this squad was huge. I want to see the Flyers win for that reason. And then next round against Tampa, they can go ahead and shut it all off. That's fine. Yeah. But I want to see and, them win it for him. You know, what a story. I, I, I like not, not, nothing short of taking that away from Lindbaum. I mean, what an amazing comeback for him. Um, for the Flyers organization, what a boost, like you said, and uh, definitely a rallying moment and something they can build on. I mean, like I said, I I, I think the Islanders are going to take it. They just look like a stronger team right now, but uh, my my gosh, what I'd love to see Philly pull that one out. Yeah, you know, I definitely want to see Philly pull it off. Obviously, a Philly-Tampa series would not be too shabs. Hopefully, no. Cooch is back. I know Stamkos won't be available, but, you know, that'll be a, a high-octane series. One yeah. team that likes to ride and grind, and the other team that likes to high fly. So, we'll see what happens. But i got to ask you the question. It has now come down to the fact that the Tampa Bay Lightning's next game will be in Edmonton. Are you in favor of the Eastern and Western Conference Finals? being all in one spot in Edmonton or would you rather see the Eastern final be done here and then there's just the Stanley Cup final done in Edmonton well and that's funny because when when they announced the bubble and uh, they announced Edmonton and Toronto as the host cities and then they announced that uh, they were gonna debating on where to put the conference finals and everything I, I thought I thought it would be just make more sense just to have them split have the east in the east and the west in the west but um I mean, I'm not a big fan of it. It is what it is at this point. I mean, all the all the arenas look the same with the with the empty seats and all the coverings up and everything like that. So, um, I guess for the players, it might be a little different having to move and go to a different hotels and all that stuff now. But I guess they're used to that anyways. So, um, I mean, it's a bit odd. Uh, I don't see why they decided. I mean, I guess get everybody under one one bubble and just have it that way for the rest of the the remainder of the tournament or the playoffs. But. Um, not a big fan of it, to be honest. Uh, I think they should have left the East in the East and let them battle it out and then uh, have the Stanley Cup in one neutral site. So um, definitely definitely not a big fan of it, and I definitely think it's odd. Yeah, no, I would have rather have it all on one site, but I guess uh, 
maybe they want to get them in there, and if there's any problems due to quarantine with travel or anything like that, they want to give them the chance to yeah. to be there or whatever. Instead of it impacting the Stanley Cup final, you know, it, it impacts the uh, the conference final. Um, but geez, man, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of things going on. Obviously, around Leafland, there's a, a huge amount of chatter still around Freddie Anderson. Um, obviously, now you hear Andreas Janssen's name's been dangled. And, um, you know, we're going to get into that. There's a new segment we're bringing on to the show, and it's going to be once a month on a Friday. Obviously, going into the weekend, have a little bit of fun. But we're going to call it the Friday Fan Free For All. And it's a fan of Offside, fan of the Maple Leafs, or maybe another team we don't know yet. Maybe mix that in a little bit, too. But we're going to get the Frizz on, Frizz Bob 1. Obviously, you seen him on Twitter. We were battling a little bit yesterday over the Freddie Anderson situation and just, you know, liking him, loving him, you know, the fact that he's time to move on. So... We're going to have our first fan join us and sit down for about 15 minutes and we'll crack on about the Leafs, guys, and hopefully we entertain you and leave you a little bit more less informed than you were before you got here. All right, as promised, this is the Friday Fan Free For All, sitting down with the man you know as Friss on Twitter. A lot of you see the banter we had yesterday over the Freddie Anderson situation. Friss, how's Friday shaking out for you, buddy? It's going good, guys. How are you? Not well, too shabby here. <laughs> so I got to ask you. Obviously, I know your position. Um, have you softened any on the fact that you want to see someone else between the pipes for the Toronto Maple Leafs? Uh, I wouldn't say so. No. I, I, you know what? I think that we've seen we've seen the product that that, that Freddie brings to the team, uh, and I think you know what? He, I, I I won't disagree with you. He is a steady goaltender. Uh, I think he brings. You know, he obviously has that morale with the team. Uh, but I think that it's just it's just getting time to move on. Uh, I think if you look at his contract, he's got one year left. Uh, almost all of it is loaded up on contracts, so I think only a million of it comes off of the actual salary cap there. Uh, so that's a that's a good uh, enticement to bring to you know for teams who might be a little bit strapped for cash. Uh, I, I think that there are, there are just better options out there, if not just as effective options uh, for less money. So you look at Freddie Anderson. Obviously, we talked about this yesterday. Yesterday, <clears throat> anybody you go and get is going to be, um, I'd say, almost close to comparable cap-wise. I mean, you may save a million, maybe a million and a half, getting a guy in at 3.5 or 4, but who are your targets? I mean, there's there's a Matt Murray, there's Robin Leonard, but now you see that the Vegas yeah. Golden Knights are going back to Marc-Andre Fleury. Me and Kyle were just talking about that. I mean, who do you go and target? I mean, and again... Who has a proven track record that hasn't been supplanted by somebody else this season? As I pointed out yesterday, you look at the uh, the situation with uh, Matt Murray and Tristan Jari and Casey DeSmith. They both pass them at different times during the season on the depth chart, either by injury or by play. And, um, you know, it makes me a little cause for concern. Nobody has really passed Freddie in Toronto. And anybody who wants to hand the reins to Jack Campbell... You know, and say, go ahead and run with this. I, I beg you to go listen to the episode I had with Dennis Bernstein, where you know Campbell had the chance to take over for Quick, and definitely didn't you know grasp those reins. So, Fritz, I'm wondering who is your target out of everybody who might be available? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, like you mentioned, there's Matt Murray storyline. There's the Robin Leonard storyline. Uh, I mean, I could even just going off the board. There's there's guys you know like Thomas Grice playing for the Islanders. He has pretty impressive numbers, better than Freddie this year, uh, making almost half of what Freddie's making this year. Uh, he is a free agent this year. Uh, I, I mean, you look at Anton Kadobin, who's playing for the, the Dallas Stars. Uh, he had like a 0.930 save percentage. 
Uh, and he's making, I think he's making just a little bit less than Freddie. Um, I mean, even even if there was a, a deal to be made where you could bring in a solid 1A option and you could run a tandem 1B with Campbell, 1A with whoever, uh, I just think that there's more effective, you know, options for for the cap that could allow us to, to free up some money to bring in some, some guys to play on the back end, which, as you all know, we desperately need. No, we definitely um, do. And that was going to be my other question yeah. to you. You look at all these other goaltenders that we're talking about, whether it be Murray, whether it be uh, Leonard, obviously, with Chicago and obviously Vegas, and then Hudobin and everyone mm-hmm. else that you, you might want to target, and even Grice for that matter, you know, their defense in front of them is better than what the Leafs have. You know, and it's it's better yeah. structured. The, the way the teams play seem to be a bit better structured. And who knows what we're going to see underneath Keith for an entire season. But just saying, looking right. at the goalies and looking at their numbers strictly just off the page, you know, you also have to look. It's indicative of what's in front of them, what style play the, the team plays, what other kind of, you know, defensive, de- you know, deployment they use, different kind of things like that. I mean, they all factor into it. I mean, if you were to go throw a Grice or, you know, Hudobin in the net for the Toronto Maple Leafs with the same defense that we have, you know, it, just in case we don't get anyone, I don't see their success mm-hmm. being the exact same, if you know what I'm saying. Absolutely. And and I don't think I don't think you trade Freddie if there aren't if there isn't a way to to improve the team outside of just goaltending. I think moving Freddie does more than just uh, give us a refresh on the goalie situation. I think it moves cap space for the possibility to bring in players via trade or signing. I mean, just off the top of my head, if, if looking at right hand D guys who I think would play phenomenally with the Leafs. There's guys like Matt Roy who are who, who plays with the LA Kings. A uh, bit of an up-and-comer. He's only making $700,000 a year. Uh, he's got very good underlying numbers. He, he, he plays good minutes. Uh, there's a guy like, you know, Brett Pesci who plays for the Hurricanes. Love me some uh, Pesci. I know he makes, a bit more, he makes a bit more money, but he kind of brings in a bit, he, you know, he's got a bit of a snarl to his game. He's, he's uh, you know, heart and soul kind of guy who can also back it up with, with his skill and with his, uh, you know, defensive IQ. Uh, there's guys like Rasmus Anderson who plays for the Calgary Flames. Uh, you know, a bit more of a young and up-and-comer guy, but he's got, you know, he's got some playoff experience getting past the first round. Um, I feel like there are a couple other guys that you can bring in with when you move Freddie uh, that will kind of shore up the defense and kind of establish ourselves as, you know, more of just an AHL defensive team. Uh, that will also effectively help out with the goalie situation. But I don't know if you can do that without moving Freddie. Kyle, what do you think? Before I jump in with another well, retort I, there. I was just going to say, I, I want to piggyback on that because I, I contemplated the same thing. And, and do, you, do you break down the goaltending and take that money and put it into defense? Or does that hurt you more in the long run? And and this and I, I've come I've come to great way. I think the, the way Toronto plays, we need a solid number one top-of-the-end goaltender. I mean, giving up 40 yeah. shots a game, 30 shots a game. Um, I don't care what your defense is. Your goalie's got to be able to hold you in. So at, when it comes to that point, and, and honestly saying, what, what is your is your take and which way do you honestly see them going? Do you think the Leafs will take the route and go break down and, and get some, some solid defensemen, or do you really think they're going to look for that upgrading goaltender? Well, I think it goes hand-in-hand, hand, to be honest with you, and I'll, I'll jump in first before you do. I mean, you yeah, look at the yeah. fact, if you go ahead and move the on from Freddie, you, you better be sure that you have your ducks in a row to get that 1A, 1B situation, which a lot of teams are going with. And, Kyle, it kind of goes hand-in-hand, hand, though. If you're going to be trading Freddie, 
you might not need that type fl- top flight goaltender if you up and do your defense the right way. Because obviously, if you bring in better defenders, then you're talking about better shot suppression. You know, limiting chances, having guys who can move the puck smartly and not make those gaffes that you see from a Martin Marinson or even the mistakes of a young guy like a Sandine or a Lilligren or a Justin Hall, for that matter. You can bury them further in your pairing. So it would all go yeah. right together. It couples itself perfectly. If you get rid of Anderson... Not to say I want to see him go, but if you get rid of him and you bring in a Grice or you bring in someone to play with Campbell and you get that piece, like a Pesci or an Anderson or whatever it is, um, Anderson or whatever they call him over in Calgary, um, you know, yeah. and you supplant him in your defense and you have the better stuff and you go out inside maybe a Rackle Gudis with some of that money you have and you shore up your six, then all of a sudden the shots aren't coming as much. Then all of a sudden, you know, you're not having the puck in your zone as much because you're not wearing out a Morgan Riley. You're not counting on a Jake Muzzin. And that was my thing yesterday with the Toronto Maple Leafs. As soon as Riley or Muzzin went out, that defense looked like dog crap. It absolutely did. And there's no way to save it. And, you know, you can look at Dermott and you can look at Sandine and you can say, yeah, these are great pieces, but they're great pieces below other guys. It's what I said about Kessel for years. Kessel is a great supplementary player. He's not the focus. He's not the key of your offense. Yeah. You bring him in yeah. to play with the superstars. And same thing, you have Riley and Muzzin, so you need guys to pair up with them and play below them. Right. They're not the only guys in your stable. But, you know, I look yeah. at it, if you get rid of Freddie, you have to have that and you have to be getting defensive help back. And you can't bank yeah. on in a trade, okay, we traded Freddie, now we'll go sign someone. No, it has to be a piece coming back in that deal. Yeah, which, which I actually think you, if if the if the trade route happens, like if they, I see two options. I see a trading Freddie for picks and prospects with somebody being lined up for signing, or I see, and I think that this, I think this will probably be the route they end up going. Um, I could see him being moved at the trade deadline this year. Uh, I think you know his regular season play uh, is. You know, it's it's streaky, but I think overall he, he I, I think this year was a bit of a, a notch on his on his record. Uh, he he averages pretty decent numbers, um, so I could really see personally, uh, you know, a, a trade deadline trade for him, where you know, it, it could be a let's see how this goes, and if it doesn't work, get rid of him at the deadline, um, because obviously teams are more apt to make a splash at that point, and I think you could probably get a higher return for him at the trade deadline than you could right now. Um, but, I mean, like you were saying, uh, shoring up the defense, that, that could be a smart move. Uh, obviously, there's some, there's some pretty decent free agents that are out there, uh, and I think, I think the route, if, if the, the trade deadline route is the route they go, I think you will see the smaller character signings happening rather than a bigger guy coming in. Uh, so, yeah, like the, the, the guys you, you named, like like Gudis, or uh, I think there are a couple other decent free agent right-hand shot defensemen that you could bring in that are a bit more of a veteran presence that could help uh, help shore up that defense. Um, and I think maybe that could be the route they go. I, I guess we'll have to see what happens. Uh, personally, though, I don't think Freddie walks next year for nothing. I think he will probably be traded. Uh, it's just a matter of when. What do you think, Kyle? Well, and I, I fully like that. I fully agree. I, I mean, I, I was at the, the the point where you know you, you you see how this next season starts. You see how Freddie goes. I mean, if you're in a in an amazing position, then obviously you, you can be more apt to keep Freddie and, and let him run into the playoffs. But 
Um, I mean, you're going to get – if Freddie comes out, has a stellar start to the year, I mean, his trade value only goes up, right? So, right. Um, I mean, to, to move him at the deadline, as long as he's not, you know, shit in the bed for lack of better term, um, you know, I, I mean, we're going to get a higher higher return. Um, at yeah. the same time, now you're banking on everything going right, everything, you know, the team looking good and all that in a sense. So mm-hmm. do you really wait for that or do you, do you try and move them in the off season? Um, I mean, yeah. Dubas and flat out said they're not going to move them in the offseason unless they're getting an upgrade. Um, so, I mean, yeah. the, the chances of that happening right now are slim to none. But uh, I yeah. definitely agree with I definitely agree with waiting until the trade deadline. Uh, I think that's probably the, the where you're going to get the most value, and you'll get to see where the team is and what what you really need at that point. Right, 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 right. right. So, see, yeah. see for uh, me, I boys. Agree with that and I definitely, I could definitely see the trade the trade happening at the deadline. And see for me, and I said this on the vent episode on Monday. You know. I look at this team and I look at what's happened for the past basically three seasons. You have the great John Tavares signing, then you have the William Nylander problem, then you have the Mitch Marner problem, you have the Mike Babcock issue. You know, I think this season, whatever he's going to do, it's going to be done before the season starts. Obviously, we know this is a pandemic. It's going to be a a crunch season. Everything's got to happen quick. But I think he's going to want to have the most calm around this team that we've seen in recent years. You have the coach you yeah. want, so I think he's going to get the goaltender in that he wants, whether it's Freddie or someone else, and he's going to make sure he shores up the D, but he's going to want a quiet going into the season. He wants to be able yeah. to give this group the biggest chance they can have without any friggin' media circus going on, because obviously we all know what happened with Marner. Everything was up in the air. Everybody was stressed. Yeah. You know, John Tavares comes to town, we're all happy, but then we're sitting wondering, you know, when's William Nylander coming back? And then he comes back and he's absolute garbage. And then, of course, we have the Babcock saga that hung over last season. Even when Keefe took over, it was still, you know, a big thing where he had to change it around. He didn't get the full season. So now we get a full season. We get to see what everything is. But I think anything Dubas does will be done in this offseason to set themselves up for a quiet start to the season without no media sure. hoopla to, to bring, oh, is Babcock yeah. going to go? Is this player going to sign? Because they got Muzzin done. Now all they got to do is what they said they're going to do. And you know what? They said they're not done this offseason. They said they're not done with trades. And there's a huge rumbling that they're waiting for Matt Murray and his Arbrights to see where that falls, yeah. and then the deal's going to happen beyond that. So, right. And Elliot Friedman right. did right. There is a deal on the table with the Pittsburgh Penguins for Matt Murray once all that shakes out, and he listed a few teams, yeah. obviously, Toronto in the mix. So maybe Murray is the goalie that's coming to Toronto, and Anderson, maybe he's going to Carolina, which seems to be the rumblings. And, hey, if we yeah. get a Brett Pesci, a Matt Murray, and then you go out and get a Gudis, you know, the D's not looking too shabby at that point, and you right. have a good 1A, right. 1B in the pipe. So... Absolutely. Am, am I excited about yeah. it? Like I said to you yesterday, I love what Freddie's brought, and I'm not attached to the goaltender. I'm attached to the yeah. stability factor between the pipes, and we finally have someone right. who's giving us season after season of getting us to the playoffs and giving us wins instead of guessing who's going to be in the net, whether it's a Telkvist or a Reimer or a Bernier. Yeah. You can run through or a list Gustafson of... Or yeah. We could we could spend fifteen minutes just listing off goalies. Yeah, that's what um, I mean. I just it's wanted the carousel. to jump on to one thing you were just saying back just back then. Um, I also think a lot of people are forgetting that this is the, you know really the first season that Dubis kind of has all the stars aligned for. Him. Yep. Oh, yep. Yeah. Sorry, boys. I lost you there for a second. No problem. You there, uh, Friss? Oh, so we lost him. Okay, that's where it went quiet. Give me one second. Let's see if I can get Friss back. Yeah, no worry. I thought it was really weird. I thought it was like, what's going on here? <laughs> one sec, buddy. 
All right, so what Frizz was about to say, I do believe, is what I said on Monday, Kyle, where this is Kyle Dubas' first time to have all his ducks in a row, everything that he wants, all his stars aligned, like Frizz was saying. And this is the chance for him to uh, finally put his own stamp. No Babcocky in comments, you know, no Lou, no Hunter, nothing. This is all him and Keith. And we said that on Monday. And Frizz, uh, when you hear this, I hope I'm echoing your thoughts correctly. And you can definitely correct me on the old uh, Twitter if we need to, but... No, exactly. You heard what Frizz said during the episode there. You know, basically, uh, you know, he's on board with getting rid of Freddie. And I mean, I said it on Monday, and I've maybe softened a little, but not much. Um, I still want to see what happens next year, but I'm firmly going to believe that Dubis is going to do what he needs to do to have this team up, running, and ready to go come the beginning of the season because he wants zero distractions and wants this group to have every opportunity, the core, which is John Tavares, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, Willie Nylander, Zach Hyman, which is awesome. They answered the phone on the trade and said, no, we're not getting rid of them. And then you look at Morgan Riley and Jake Muzzin. I think that's kind of your core right there. You know, they want to give this group that chance to be able to go in, no distraction, no noise, and see what they can do. So I firmly believe whatever's going to happen to this roster, whether it's signings, trades, whatever it may be, will be done before the puck drops on opening night. Kyle, what say you to that? Well, and I fully agree. Uh, like, like you said, this is uh, Dubas' first go with, uh, with his staff, his, his outlook, and uh, with no distractions. Uh, you know, he's had, he's had to battle big-name contracts and getting RFA signed the last couple of years, so um, definitely not, not as much uh, time to look at uh, bettering the team as more so as he was just making sure the team was intact. Um, now he's got his core. He's got his young guys all signed. I definitely agree. I think this is the this is the off season where Dubas makes his moves, um, where Dubas really really inserts himself as the GM and shows which uh, which which outlook he has for this team. Um, I mean, you, you can't sit here and say another disappointing uh, exit in the first round of a playoffs is probably uh, as good as uh, you know start to sign your ticket out of Toronto pretty quickly for a GM job. So, um, you know, he knows, he knows the, the, the magnitude of what, what's at stake. Um, I mean, he's, he's been in these situations all through his career, every, every step of the way. Um, but I, I really think this is where we're going to see Dubas uh, make some moves and uh, we're really going to see what this team's going to be like under Kyle Dubas and his, his staff. Um, I mean, uh, I, as, a, as a lead fan at heart, I, by God, I hope he freaking gets something going because we need it. Um, we need to, we need to, we definitely need a new look. We definitely need some new energy. Um, it's just, it's starting to get stifling. Uh, so, you know, hopefully, hopefully things go well and we can make the right move, but uh, I definitely agree with you there. I, I think this is where Dubas gets no distractions and, uh, he gets to go full bore, uh, to make his team the way he wants it. So, uh, all we can do is hope, hope for the best. Definitely. Well, you know what we're going to hope for the best is Maple Leaf fans cannot wait to swing back at this on Monday. The roundtable yes, does sir. return. Obviously, Jen will be back with us. As long as she is awake, Jen, I know I'll keep poking that bear <laughs> until you're there. Um, and then next week, we'll have a couple other great guests joining us. Um, you know what? Our first ever Friday Fan Free For All went well until Friss's phone died. Friss, shout out yeah. for you for coming on the episode. And Kyle, thanks very much for yeah. taking a little time, as always, my friend. Yeah, always, my friend. Always a great time to chat. Thank you, uh, Chris, for jumping on the show. And uh, look forward to chat with you again on Monday, my friend. All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, that is Offside Hockey Talk for this week. So it's Offside Hockey Talk, where hockey comes to talk. 